and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Adam Chalk, and I am here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings-on in professional wrestling, from shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Show. I am, as I said, Adam Chalk, and I hope you're all well. I hope you feel as good as I do after watching AEW Dynamite. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. I thought this is one of the best shows that they've done in quite some time. And let's face it, AEW have been on a bit of a roll with their Dynamites. Rampage, not so much, but certainly Dynamite has been great. This felt pay-per-view level quality for me. But let's get to it, shall we? They opened up with John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Moxley came out with his dad through the crowd. Wheeler Yuta was with him as well, but that was quite a nice touch. And the fight started during Page's entrance when Mox went out to meet him. Uh, he throws him into the barricade and then head. they head out into the crowd. Page fights back and sits him on a chair and boots him in the face. Uh, Moxley got him in a figure four while flipping him off. This was still out in the crowd. They headed back to the ring where Moxley got his hands on a chair he wrapped it around the leg of Hangman and went onto the apron to dive off onto him. But the referee stopped him by standing in his way. This is when Page got up and launched a chair at Moxley's head. He then suplexed him on the chair on the outside. They finally get in the ring and the match officially starts. They both throw hard strikes, but again Moxley Goes after the legs with a basement drop kick and another figure four. Moxley was busted open here as well from that chair shot. Uh, Page manages to get him with a German suplex and found himself in control of the match. He goes after the open wound of Moxley. More hard strikes from him, but then Page delivered a fall away slam. He went for the springboard clothesline thing to the outside, but Moxley caught him with a massive right hand that looks sick. Uh, they then fight on the apron, where Moxley sets up for a pile driver, but they sort of go back and forward between a pile driver by Mox and a dead eye by Page, but instead Page launched Moxley headfirst into the ring post as they go to a break. When we come back, Page hits an avalanche Death Valley driver from the top rope, but Moxley kicks out at two. He screams at Moxley to stay down, but there's no way he's going to do that. And Moxley gets up, hits a cutter out of nowhere. Uh, more big chops by both guys. They trade backdrop drivers. Again, they head to the top rope. And Moxley delivered a front chancery suplex from the top. I thought he was sort of going for a uh, a death rider or something like that. Uh, he stomps Page in the head, goes for the death rider, but Page blocks it. 
So Moxley transitions into the Guji Gatami, uh, but Page gets to the ropes just with the tip of his toes. They fight, heads to the outside, um, where Page goes for his Orihara moonsault, but Moxley moves and levels him with a massive lariat. Uh, Page then hit a pop-up powerbomb, though, through a timekeeper's table. Moxley just beats the count back in, but he walks straight into a lariat and a dead eye from Page, but somehow Moxley kicks out again. Uh, Page goes for a stomp, but he misses and eats a King Kong lariat instead. Again, they go back to hard strikes. Page hits a small package driver for two, spiking Moxley on his head. He attempts a buckshot lariat, but Moxley reverses and goes for a death rider. But Page reverses that into a tombstone pile driver. He then goes to the outside, nails a buckshot lariat, but Moxley kicks out right at the last millisecond. Uh, Page then locks in a bulldog choke, but somehow he rolls, uh, rolls through, Moxley does, and rolls him up and pins him. After the match, they still want to kick the hell out of each other, but Claudio Castagnoli and Wheelie Uta get in between them. Yeah, what an incredible match this was. <clears throat> it felt 100% real, as if they were actually trying to knock each other out. A real pay-per-view worthy main event on a free TV show. It's just <laughs> unbelievable, really. The kick out of the buckshot by Moxley had me as well. I was sure it was over then. I think they'll go again at Revolution in maybe a stepped-up match. And I think I'm perfectly okay with that. Something tells me it's going to be sort of the only way to win will be to knock out your opponent. Something along those lines. Not sure if that's the right way to go, and I'm not saying that is the way they're going, but... Uh, yeah, great stuff. We get a Darby Allen and Samoa Joe pre-tape thing ahead of the main event for the TNT Championship later. Uh, the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, along with Jamie Hayter, were then with uh, Rene Paquette. Where the Bunny challenged Hayter to a match, I think on Rampage, an eliminator match, which she agreed to, but... As all of this is going on, you could see Renee is being told something in her ear that something's going on, um, and they get it up on screen, and we see Soraya and Tony Storm beating up Britt Baker. I really like the fact you could see that Renee was actually getting this information and not just, oh, we got a cut to backstage. She was great all night, actually, Renee. And she's a fantastic addition to AEW. The acclaimed versus... I don't even know what they were called. Two Beverly Brothers lookalikes, in the words of Max Caster. Uh, as these two guys were scissoring, uh, Bowen super kicks one of them out of the ring. They do scissor me timbers on the other. Uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass and scissor in the ring. 
The arrival by Bowens and a mic drop by Caster gave them the very easy win. After the match, though, the Gun Club come out and Colton says, yeah, good match, but they want a shot at the, at the belts and they want an answer now. Bowens tells them, do you realise you're interrupting the most popular tag team in pro wrestling and the, and the most winningest tag team in AEW history? He says, they're the people's choice, so why don't we ask the people if they deserve a title shot? Of course, the crowd boo. Uh, Bowen then says, you know what? People have spoken, no. They start arguing, and Billy Gunn says he's had enough of all this and tells the acclaimed to beat the shit out of him, basically. He walks away up the ramp. Austin Gunn grabs a mic and says, there he goes again, turning your back on us like you always do. Why don't you go and drown your sorrows at the bottom of a pill bottle? Billy gets pissed, comes back and gets in their faces and breaks his sons. Ian says, you think you can do what he did? Well, we will see next week and agrees to a title shot and walks away again. I smell another turn coming here next week. Uh, And somehow I'm into this program. I don't really know how or how they've hooked me in. But I definitely get the feeling that Billy will no longer be daddy ass. Konoski Takeshita versus Brian Cage was the next match. Uh, Takeshita got the better of the early striking exchange and hit a Takeshita line. He did a beautiful slingshot to the outside, taking Cage off his feet. Cage Show snatched him up off the apron and powerbombed him into the ring post. Back in the ring, they exchange forearm strikes. Uh, Takeshita hits a blue thunder bomb out of nowhere. That got a two count. He misses a high knee in the corner, sending him to the apron, though, where Cage sort of gets on the ropes and does that thing where he suplexes him back into the ring. This is when we go to a break. When we come back, Takeshita starts to make his comeback. He nails a big lariat and a stalling German suplex for two. Cage catches him off a jumping knee, though, and hits a buckle bomb. Uh, gets him up in a fireman's carry, but Takeshita reverses it into a great-looking Liger bomb. That got a two count. Cage again fights back, hits a backdrop driver and a lariat for two. Uh, a bit later, Takeshita hits a couple of brainbusters. Cage stops him and hits an F5 a bit later on. They head to the top rope. Takeshita hits another brain buster and then a running knee and picks up his first win. Again, brilliant stuff. Uh, Brian Cage has been in incredible form lately. Again, he's great in this. But everyone will be talking about Takeshita getting his first win in AEW. And rightly so, because once again, he was fantastic. I've not seen a bad Takeshita match. In fact, all of them have been great, I think. I want to see a Kenny Omega singles match at some point soon. I know Kenny has said he wants it. I'm sure Takeshita wants it. I think that would almost be a dream match in AEW. Then head to the back. And this time, Renee Paquette's with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Jericho and Sammy sort of set up this Garcia Guevara gauntlet 
for Ricky Starks to get his hands on Chris Jericho. He's basically got to run through the Appreciation Society. I thought this was over a couple of weeks, but it's not. It seems as if this is going to be one big gauntlet match. So we'll hold judgment until then. Uh, The Elite are then playing basketball, and they talk about having a match against Top Flight for the Trios Championship, along with AR Fox, of course. This is when, I think they're still called the FERP, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy and um, Stokely Hathaway walk in. They challenge the Elite to a match on Rampage. Uh, Am I into that? I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. Kenny Omega versus Matt Hardy. Not sure I'm into that. Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher was the next match, though. Um, this is great. Thatcher went straight for the Fujiwara armbar, attacking that injured shoulder of Danielson. He drives his knee into that shoulder as well. Uh, Danielson fights back with fast hands to the gut and a dragon leg whip. Uh, he tries to tie Thatcher up, but Thatcher grabs a finger and then stamps on Brian's arm. Danielson throws quick uh, kicks and a corner drop kick, but Thatcher again goes after that shoulder. It has no effect on him, really. When we come back from a break, Thatcher is in control. Even though Danielson keeps trying to fight back, uh, Thatcher sits Danielson on the top rope and tries to go for a butterfly suplex, but Danielson fights him off and delivers a drop kick from the top. Uh, they both get up, both throw uppercuts, and Danielson goes into the yes kicks. Massive kick to the head gets him a two count as well. Hammer and anvil elbows again don't seem to have much effect. Uh, the referee then gets knocked down at one point, which gave MJF the opportunity to come out with his beautiful diamond ring. Uh, but Konosuke Takeshita dived out of the crowd from somewhere to stop him, and they fight to the back. Back in the ring, Thatcher has the armbar on, but Danielson just gets to the ropes. They trade suplexes, but then Danielson, almost out of nowhere, nails a Bazaiko knee and wins the match. A really good technical match, which both men are known for. Uh, Danielson was great. He sold that shoulder brilliantly I mean it is going to be MJF Danielson at um, Revolution so these matches kind of you know how they're going to go but they still drag you in to the drama of it Timothy Thatcher isn't really someone that I want to watch every week but in situations like this he's great Uh, We then cut to the back where MJF and Takeshita are still brawling. It gets broken up by officials when Rene Paquette sort of runs in and announces on behalf of Tony Khan that it will be Takeshita versus MJF in an eliminator match next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, We get a pre-tape from Swerve Strickland and his group where he challenges Brian Pillman on Rampage. 
Lexi Nair is then backstage with Roosh, Preston Vance and Jose the assistant after announcing Roosh versus Danielson for next week. That's going to be great, I think. This is when MGF walks in and he pays Roosh to beat Danielson next week and break the arm. Sort of same old, same old. He's been doing that every week, but I, I like it. We then get the TBS Championship match between Jay Cargill and Red Velvet. Uh, Red Velvet attacks from behind early and takes it to Cargill. Jade stops her though in a track with a back elbow, but Red Velvet throws her to the outside. Uh, back in the ring, she gets planted with a German suplex from Jade as they go to a break. When we come back, they show a replay of Jade having... Velvet in a military press and walking her up the steps and just launching her in the ring. A little bit like, well, exactly like, actually, uh, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania and against Sasha Banks. Was that last year or the year before? Whenever that was. Um, after that, Jade nails a punk kick, which got a two count. Kira Hogan shows up at ringside and takes out Layla Gray, throwing her into the ring steps. Off the distraction, though, Velvet hit a spin kick to Jade and has a pinned, but the referee's sort of dealing with what's going on outside. She does come back, but Jade kicks out at two. Uh, Velvet then goes for a sort of armbar type thing, but Jade powers out of it and just hoys her up, hits the Jaded and wins the match. Pretty good showing again from Jade Cargill. I know she's not perfect, but she is getting there. You can see the progress. Uh, the feud is still confusing, though, because I don't really know who the babyface or heel is. It's yeah, weird. The Kira Hogan thing um, was overdoing things as well and just making it even more confusing. But other than that, it was a good match. Good run for Jade Cargill. Um, I think she's going to go on to many more, personally. Right now, there's not a standout person to take that title from her. So, have her keep winning, I would say. Renee Paquette is then back again. She's talking to Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter when Ruby Soho walks in and checks on her. Sort of more teasing here where Ruby's allegiances lie. Good little story they're telling here, I think. And then our main event was Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen in a no holds barred match for the TNT Championship. The loser doesn't get a rematch either. Uh, Darby comes out in a damn hoodie covered in thumbtacks. And the first thing he does is run at Joe in the corner, splashing him with that hoodie on. Uh, but when he tries it again, he gets nailed by a boot to the face. Joe wraps a towel around his hand and takes out Darby and rips that hoodie off. Uh, Joe goes to get a table from under the ring. And as he's sort of holding it up, Darby just launches himself into the table through Joe with a suicide dive. This seems to bust open Samoa Joe. Uh, Darby sets up the steel steps about what, three feet away from the barricade. Goes to Irish Rip, 
Irish whip Joe, but Joe reverses and Darby somehow sort of bumps the steps with his legs and just flips over the barricade. Uh, go and see that spot if you haven't already. A great spot. Uh, they fight out into the crowd and up some steps. You get this full feeling of dread because you kind of think you know what's about to happen knowing who's in this match but Joe just picks him up with one hand and just dumps him face first on the concrete steps as they go to a break that was just disgusting Uh, when we come back Joe nails him with a back elbow in the ring Joe is just in full control Darby tries to fight back with open hand slaps and runs at Joe in the corner, but Joe catches him with one hell of a urinagi. That got him a two count. Uh, Joe threw hard strikes, which knocked Darby to the apron. So he just ran at him and booted him to the floor. Joe then goes to the outside and sets up a table against a barricade. Back in the ring, Darby again tried firing back, but Joe, in like in the corner, just launched Darby over the top rope to the floor. Uh, he pulls him back in the ring, hits a brain buster. Instead of pinning him, though, he goes to the outside and gets a load of chairs. He sets them up back to back and delivers a backdrop onto them. He then set up for a power bomb onto the chairs, but Darby had some powder he threw in the face of Joe blinding him for a second he hits a float over stunner uh, and he put that hoodie back on or tried to anyway and delivered a coffin drop but Joe kicked out Uh, Darby then cuts the canvas ties away and lifts the mat to expose the bare boards of the ring and flew at Joe on the outside with like a suicide dive but Joe noped it which meant Darby crashed through the table. Uh, he rolls him back in the ring and power bombs Darby on the pinned hoodie and then pushes it in the face of Darby. But he, Darby reaches back, gouges Joe's eyes to get away. He swings a steel chair at Joe. Uh, he heads to the top rope, but Joe pushes the referee into the ropes, knocking Darby down. Joe then hits a top rope muscle buster onto the exposed boards to win the match to say this was great just is not enough this was a violent massacre and a hardcore masterpiece in my eyes Uh, the things that Darby is willing to do with his body for our entertainment just amazes me every single time Um, some of the things that in this match I've just never seen before the way Joe just launched him to the outside just ridiculous Darby's had a great run as TNT champion but Samoa Joe has definitely been rejuvenated it's like he's gone back 10-15 years to this violent killer that he once was and he's just so great in that role um carrying on like this he really is the king of television it's just so damn good after the match though Wardlow makes his return he hits the ring and attacks Joe he sets up for the powerbomb symphony but Joe manages to escape 
Loads of security guards come down, but Wardlow just beats the hell out of them as the show goes off the air. And yeah, what a tremendous AEW Dynamite I thought this was. Um, one of the best of the year, like I said earlier, in my opinion. Keep going like this, and they will be back to their sort of golden age. I know they've, they've only been going four years, so that sounds a bit stupid, but uh, they're going to hit the heights of 2021, I think. Brilliant, brilliant AW Dynamite. And that is your AW Dynamite review. And as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. I am at AdamChalk8 on there. I'll be back tomorrow with the Impact Wrestling review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.